We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not with simple words, not simple, simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all, believe, all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We have previously suffered and been lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's church in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own people and the same things those churches suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. They, they displease God and are hostile to everyone in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. In this way, they also heap up their sins to the minute. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. Thank you, Abby. Um, I would encourage you to read 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 2 um, to 12 at home, um, especially after this. Am I a bit loud? Am I okay? I feel like I'm really, really loud. As long as you can hear and it's not distorted. Um, so as you're aware, we've changed our times at Castle Elam. We have a 9.30 if you're up early and an 11.30 here a little bit later. But today was a bit unusual because we had a baptism service and Rachel over here, Pastor Rachel, did the service there and she spoke and I have the privilege to speak here. So I thought, well, how are we going to link the two services? Did any of you go to the baptism? Yeah, about a few of you. Okay, that's brilliant. Um, so I thought, well, how can we link those in so you don't really miss out about what's happened there and they don't miss out what's happened here. And what came to mind, and it was amazing that Rachel read that this morning, was Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And I'm sure some of you can recite that by now. But this is where Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And this is one of the last things he said to his disciples. And I often wonder, things are recorded that Jesus said, but was that his very, very last words to the disciples? But we call it the Great Commission. And he said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always 
to the very, very end. And I'm sure for those of you, I guess, who knows Jesus and who follows Jesus, you either became a Christian or decided to follow Jesus because someone that you knew knew Jesus, or someone that knows Jesus prayed really hard for you. Um, and this morning we celebrated Tanya, Tanya and Tiger's baptism where they declared their faith in Jesus. And they declared their faith in Jesus because they decided to follow Jesus and to obey him. And you know, you as a church have a big part to play in that. Because when we celebrate someone's baptism, we have to be there for them. We have to pray for them. You know, in the next couple of weeks, it might be that the enemy is thinking, you know, Jesus, you're not having them. Um, and they might go through difficult times. So pray for them, stand by them, teach them what God taught you, and, and do family life with them. So if you, um, I don't know, I would like to encourage you sometimes, if you've always come here, maybe go over the road some Sundays to meet some people there, and vice versa. Um, I love that, I don't know if you've noticed, we've got a, a new one. New, new, but a new sign when the church has joined, and it says bringing Jesus or sharing Jesus in Woolly Castle. And I hope over time we wouldn't just share Jesus in Woolly Castle, we'll go to our homes and share Jesus in our families, in our workplaces, in our schools, into Birmingham and further afield. So, going back to the Great Commission, it says, Go and make disciples. So, if we are called to make disciples and we are called be disciples. It's only good that we know what is a disciple. And um, you know, one of the things is when you've chosen to follow Jesus, when you've chosen to obey Him, your life should reflect that. Do you agree with me? Your life should look like your life has changed and that you are following Jesus. And there should be a desire with you to share that with other people. And that's why I was happy to read Thessalonians, because a church that did just that was this church that Paul wrote about. Um, you know, he praised them for their faith, he praised them for their hope in Jesus, he praised them that their actions were inspired and prompted by love. And he says when they heard the gospel, they weren't just hearers of the word, they became doers of the word. And then in verse 6, Paul writes, they welcomed the message in the midst of suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, today people are struggling. I think especially after COVID, for some people, their lives never really restored, whether it's loneliness, whether it's an illness, whether it's um, we're struggling with mental health, maybe financial difficulty, maybe racial injustice. You know, there's a lot of stuff people are struggling with, and they need to hear the gospel. They need to be to hear about Jesus and what Jesus can do for them and what Jesus can mean for them. And um, I love that Paul said they heard the message in the midst of their suffering and they still responded and they still received the message. And that tells us today that when we share the news of Jesus and when we share the love of Jesus, people will receive in the midst of their suffering. Um, so Thessalonica was a city, it was called a, a port city. So it was in a place where it was easy to move around and spread the gospel. And that's why Paul, Silas and Timothy were able to bring the message to the Thessalonians. But if you read that bit, or if you did listen carefully and not fall asleep, you'll see that um, something amazing happened there. They didn't just preach and leave. So hopefully, right here, myself and Nod and people who are up here don't just come and do our thing and then we leave and then you don't see us all week and you don't see us at any other events because that's all we come to do. No, Paul and his followers and the disciples with Paul stayed with them. 
I loved amongst them. He says in verse 5, you know we loved among you for your sake. You know, they didn't just assert authority and set their thing and left. I cared for them. I loved them. And Paul says in that, in that scripture, he says, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. We've got to share our lives with the people in our community, with the people at work, the people at home. And one of those things, I'm not going to let you put up your hand, but if you're not in a connect group, join a connect group. Because that's an amazing way to get to know other people in church. It's an amazing way to pray for people, to do life with them, to eat together. We do that well as Christians, don't we? We, do, we like food. And we have events where we have food. Um, and if you're not in a group and the times that we do them don't suit you, come and have a chat with Rachel myself and the leaders and we'll see if we can maybe create a new one. Um, but do life together with people in your church. So the people of Thessalonica became disciples because Paul and Silas and Timothy were disciples who made disciples. Um, so my question is when we look at this passage, what what is a disciple? What stands out? What makes me a disciple? And the first thing I thought was the people learned from Paul and Silas and Timothy. They learned about Jesus. And Paul went and taught them the things that Jesus commanded him. So the first thing a disciple does is, is he's a learner. He's a learner. You learn about God. You learn from God. And what best way is it to sit at the feet of Jesus? To read the word, just to just read the Bible. If you struggle to read the Bible, you think, oh, well, that's just lots of complicated words. Certainly, God, you wrote this for me. You wrote a love letter for me to reveal Father God to me. So sit, you know, and just say, Lord, speak to me and read your Bible. Pray, but don't just speak, because we love that, don't we? God, this, God, that, God, I want this, God, this. Sit and say, Lord, come and speak to me. And if you think today, what does that mean? How can I hear God? Again, come and speak to us, but you can hear God. And learn from other followers of Jesus. Learn from what people do well, how they walk with Jesus well. So some people this morning may have seen Tani and Tiger being baptized, and they, they followed Jesus, and they lived an okay life with Jesus, but they were never baptized. Because maybe they didn't realize that Jesus was baptized. And he set the example for us to be baptized. And by seeing the two being baptized today, someone else might think, I want that. I want to be baptized. Because I think Jesus tells us to do that. So firstly, a disciple learns from Jesus and about Jesus. The second thing, Paul was very clear. He said they became imitators of them. So when you're a disciple, you become like Jesus. You become like those who live a life that Jesus lived. They spoke like them. They acted like them. And, you know, God desires for you to become like Jesus. Because the more you become like Jesus, the more we become holy, and the more we have an influence on those around us. So they learned from Jesus and about Jesus. They imitated the life of Jesus, Paul, Silas, Timothy. And thirdly, they modelled the life of a disciple to other believers. They lived in a way, and Timothy, uh, sorry, Paul said there, um, they... People look to them as an example of how a disciple looks. People around town, people in further areas talked about this church and they modelled it to other believers in the region. And then fourthly, they shared the gospel. 
um, in verse 8, and told others about Jesus. So if you remember nothing of this message today and you are a follower of Jesus, make sure you learn more from Jesus, spend time with him. Make sure you imitate his behavior and the way he did things. Make sure you model that to other believers. And I'll talk a little bit now about how it's not easy, but you have help of the Holy Spirit. And make sure you tell others about Jesus. And then if the scripture, it says they did it in the midst of suffering. Life wasn't easy. Um, and they also suffered at the hand of their own people. So you might work with people or go to church, sorry, not go to church, go to work or to school with people who kind of tease you about that you're a Jesus follower or a Bible bash or a bit religious. I have some friends who are from other faiths and they often say, you're very religious. I go, no, I'm not religious. I just have a relationship with Jesus. So my question today is imagine that. <coughs> imagine if you sit at Jesus' feet and you learn from Jesus. And then you become more like Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit. And then you do more of what Jesus did in spite of your circumstances. And others get to know Jesus through you. And others start following Jesus. And others start modeling and so forth and so forth and so forth. We can change the world. Um, but modeling Jesus depends on your desire to do that. And this depends on your commitment to Jesus and your commitment to see that happen. See, the Thessalonians' lives were so impacted by God that their faith had become known everywhere. Paul writes that. Their lives were changed by God and everybody knew about their faith. Other people were telling Paul about this church and other people were changed by God to serve God and to talk about <coughs> Jesus coming back. So again, you know, are there people in the community that say, you know, over there in California, over there in Woolley, there's this church called Castle. And you know, there's something different about them. They love the community. They share of their goods. They talk about this Jesus that they love and that loves them. And they talk about a place that we can go to when we are no longer here. So if the gospel, if the good news of Jesus, if your relationship with Jesus has impacted your life, how much more do you not want to influence others through your life? Now, discipleship isn't an act. It's not a one-time moment. It's a lifestyle. It's how you live daily with Jesus. And I think when Jesus started calling his 12 disciples, he didn't go, come with me. We're going into this big tent and we're going to have a conference for five days, did he? Um, and we sometimes think that, oh, to know exactly how to walk with Jesus, we've got to go to a conference. No, he said, come with me. Live with me. Walk with me. Do life with me. And the disciples learned from Jesus' experiences, Jesus' stories, Jesus' miracles, and his commitment to his Father. They learned about prayer, and they learned all about Father God. But you know, today, in this life, especially in the era we live in, it's all about me, myself, I, what my rights are, what I want. And it's difficult in today's life, if you put up your hand, it's not easy to talk about Jesus, it's not easy to bring your faith to people. But we've got to come up with new ways to do that, as a church, as individuals, but ultimately we've got to live a life that exemplifies believer in Jesus. We've got to live a, a lifestyle that is an example rather than telling people what to do. Um, just see. Um, You know, and something as well that Paul did, he encouraged them, encouraged them, and he said, you know, you need to live a life worthy of God. 
And he taught them what Jesus taught them. And what does Jesus come and teach us? To love each other. To look after the widows and the orphans. To feed those who are hungry. To help those in need. But he also taught us things like to have godly wisdom. To be faithful. And to walk with him and know who we are in Christ. Know our identity. Know that we have power and authority. And we can overcome sickness. And we can overcome difficult times. And that we have to abide in him. Just be to walk with him daily and choosing to love him. And we have to make disciples. Um, so in my early 20s, I suppose that's when I have one of my major growth spurs. I just fell in love with Jesus and Christianity and church. And, um, and there was a guy who used to do some of the teachings in church. He led worship. And when he spoke about Jesus, he had so much passion. And he had so much life. And God just oozed out of him. And I really thought, I want to be a Christian like that guy. And I went to church one night. I walked into his office and I said, can you mentor me? I want to be whatever it is you have. I want that. And we started journeying together. I joined a group that he was leading, where he was teaching people about Jesus and you know, going into the Word of God. And we would meet at church, and he'd say to me, go and read this, and come back and tell me what you've read. What do you mean? And we would unpack it, or we would talk about prayer, and we would pray together. And, um, and so he mentored me and a couple of others. And a few years later, we met up for coffee. I was already in England. And we were just chatting. And I was talking about how passionate I was about certain things. And how I was involved in church. And how friends of mine had become Christians at work. And I was just talking, talking. And then I stopped and I said, Oh, I've become like you. And, and he went, And we just laughed. And he said, Well, then I've done my job. And um, he didn't set out, I suppose, yeah, I suppose as a disciple, you do sit down to do that. But um, And then when COVID came in 2020, um, he, uh, so I suppose a little bit like here where the medical staff had their vaccines first, um, he was an older adult and they were about to get their vaccinations and his son came home with COVID and he contracted COVID and he got really ill and he was in ICU for a very long time and he was in and out of a coma. And then three days after his 50th birthday, he passed away. And we really prayed. It was like, you know, who else would God heal but this guy? And um, your first thought is, but Lord, he's done so much for you. And how many people can he reach for you? And I just had the sense of God saying, you've done enough, my son. You've reached people for me. You've shared the love of Jesus. You've taught them what I've taught you. Come home. It's really a better place to be. And yes, it's sad for his family and and for us who um, had to say goodbye, but his funeral was just story after story after story after story of how he had changed their lives to follow Jesus because of Jesus. And this is not for you to sort of suffer from comparison syndrome. Think, oh, I can never be like that, or I'm a good Christian, but I'm, I'm not so good. It's about desiring to be the person that others would want to be. You know, when you walk in the street, do people would people go? I want to have what they have. I want to live the way they live, devoted to Jesus. And you know, you might be sitting here and you think, well, nah, I've not been a Christian long enough. I don't have enough faith. Or I make mistakes. Or I'm not perfect. Um, but remember, you have got the Holy Spirit. Because when Jesus left, he said, I leave you the Holy Spirit. I leave you the Holy Spirit to comfort you and to be with you, but also to strengthen you and empower you and fill you with his 
wisdom and help you and all of that helps you to be a better disciple of Jesus. You know, it says here, Paul welcomed the message in the midst of suffering. And then as followers of Jesus, they also oppressed and suffered from their own people. So being a disciple and making disciples doesn't happen in this perfect pool or this perfect place. We're called to do it now in the midst of our circumstances. So don't wait to walk with Jesus. Don't wait to tell others about Jesus or to learn more from Jesus or to imitate what he did. Choose to follow him today. Choose to follow Jesus. You could never make a mistake by doing that. But then choose to become like him by spending time with him and spending time with other believers. You know, I know you're coming on a Sunday and someone comes to search and you think, oh, oh, she's coming to sit next to me. Gosh, she never stops talking. <laughs> you know, but you might not know that she's an amazing prayer person. She never stops talking to Jesus, but she makes time to listen to Jesus. And she can talk to people about Jesus because she's got to know Jesus. Make sure you get to know each other and learn from each other about Jesus. And then to model others in your lifestyle, in your thoughts, in your actions, in what you speak. We can sometimes go, well, I don't really have bad thoughts. I never think anything bad about other people. As soon as you open your mouth, you gossip. You know, so we have all those parts, actions, thoughts, words. Um, and then share the good news with others. My question today is, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you do believe in him, what have you got to lose? You've already inherited the kingdom. You're already going to heaven. You know, just put your head out there and make a difference. Wouldn't you want others to have that? Um, so I'm nearly finished with my message today. But um, I have a good friend who's, who's a minister. And he wrote a book, Pastor Emmanuel, called The Gospel in the Hands of Clay. And he says the following about the Thessalonians from this church that Paul writes to. He said, Thessalonians provide a moving account of the message of the gospel, of how the message of the gospel was first received and prospered in the hands of ordinary Thessalonian converts. So you don't have to be a high and mighty person or a very learned person or know everything about the word of God to be a disciple. The good news of Jesus prospered in their hands. Ordinary people. So wouldn't you want the gospel of Jesus to prosper in your hands and to be fruitful so that others can know Jesus. You know, know this Jesus who saved you from sin and from death. This Jesus who gives you eternal life. This Jesus who comes and lives in you and gives you peace, gives you joy, and fills you with the Holy Spirit so you're never ever without him. It's the same Jesus that says, when I come back, you will no longer have tears or pain or sorrow because I'm going to take you with me to a place that's more amazing than this place could ever be. And then when you go into eternal life, he says, his goodness and his love will follow you all the days of your life. So if at this point I'm doing a test with you, and I said, write down four things that make you a disciple, would you be able to do that? You know, um, there's, a, there's a speaker on the way this morning to church. I had UCB on, and there's a, a, a pastor called John Mark Coleman from Bridge Church in America. And he was talking about discipleship and how to make disciples. I'm like, Lord, that is just amazing. And then Rachel spoke this morning, and the first she said, well, you need to know what a disciple is. I said, okay, Lord, there's a theme here. And John Mark Homer basically says, know Jesus, 
be like Jesus and do as he does. So if you remember those three, it's probably a bit easier. But basically learn from Jesus. Learn from others who know Jesus. Imitate what Jesus did. Model it to other believers and tell people about Jesus. You won't regret it. Yes, God says life isn't going to be easy. Yes, we will be oppressed. And I think it's gradually happening more and more in England because we don't have as much freedom as we used to have. And Christians don't have the moral compass anymore. People used to come to you and say, I'm struggling a bit with this. Or how do you do this? Whereas now we're the different ones. We're the odd ones now. We're the ones that don't want to embrace everything and everybody. But Jesus embraced everybody because he loved everybody, but not necessarily the things that we do wrong and hurt and displease others. So I do believe when we hear God's word, we've got to think, okay, Lord, what do I do with that word? How do I not just stay a hearer of the word, but become a doer of the word? So I'm just going to give you a few seconds. You can close your eyes if you want. Just kind of think about what you've just heard. And maybe just say to Jesus, Lord, how can I do something different this week that makes me more of a disciple and a follower of you? Father God, thank you that you gave your son Jesus Christ. Thank you that you, Jesus, died on the cross for us. And thank you that you rose again, that you took upon your life our sins and our transgressions and, and all of what we deserve to have. But because you are full of mercy and full of grace, we no longer have to suffer that consequence, but we can inherit eternal life, but more so a life of abundance here on earth with you. And Lord, one of the last things you said to your church, to your disciples, was go into the world and make disciples. Teach them what I've taught you. Baptize them. And Lord, I just pray this morning that you will give us strength through the Holy Spirit to be better disciples. Um, Lord, to know you more, to spend time in your word, to spend time with other followers of Jesus, to get a real hunger for your word. Lord, I thank you that you help us to know ourselves through your Holy Spirit and to know who we are in you. So I pray this week that we would grow closer to you, but also, Lord, that we would take each and every opportunity that we have to share your love and who you are with others. Lord, give us boldness, give us wisdom, give us strength. Help us to take those moments of opportunities that are, are there to grab hold of it. And Lord, I pray that you will remove the fear in us and replace it with so much joy that others know that we are different and that others would want to have what we have. And Lord, I just want to pray for those people here who are struggling, who are suffering, who are um, dealing with illness and maybe bankruptcy and maybe families, members that don't talk to them, Lord. But may they hook into you, Lord. You are the anchor of our lives, Lord. And you say, abide in me. So I pray, Lord, that they will go deeper with you. That they will seek your face, Lord. That they will experience your joy and your peace in the midst of circumstances. But we do pray, Lord, for a breakthrough. We pray for a breakthrough in their lives. And that you will provide in abundance, Lord. And Lord, I pray that when we go through difficult times, that we wouldn't ask why. Because that's so normal for us to say, why, Lord? I pray that we wouldn't ask why. We would say, how? How, Lord, do I get through this? 
How, Lord, do I do this with you? And how, Lord, are you using this situation to glorify you and your kingdom and make you known to others? Lord, may our eyes turn into hands and may we just um, seek you more and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.